A long time ago, in a bar far away, three friends came together to create a radio sensation that would slowly take over the airwaves. These friends, with their combined powers, have been to the big places. We're live in Queen's Park. Coming to you from the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. And we are live in Sydney. Uh, we are currently standing on Pitt Street. San Francisco. Because I'm a splendid bitch. And have spoken with the big names. Uh, hi, I'm Alex Grant. Hi, this is Denny Hines. Hey, this is Cameron from Architecture and Helsinki. Hello, this is Kate miller Heidke. Hey, this is Natalie Bassinger. Hey, guys, Kyle Catter here. Okay, this is Grace Grace. Hey, this is Mark from Foster People. Hey, what's up? This is Kim from The Banger Boys. Hi, I'm Kimbra, and you're listening to Gay O. Hi, this is Christina Keneally, former Premier of New South Wales. What's up, y'all? It's Tim Hi, this is Zoe Badley. And now, they're at it again. Gay Savvy. You are listening to Gay Savvy right now. It is the Park Life Edition special. Woo! <laughs> that is so badass looking. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like you could shoot someone with it. You could be like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I have a futuristic laser fucker. <laughs> Big show ahead. We have first up the presets. They'll be coming up next after we play the first track. We also talk to Carolyn from Chairlift. We also talk to Robin. That is right. Robin hangs out with us at Park Life. Uh, we also have St. Lucia, a new upcoming act from South Africa, who now is based in New York. And uh, we'll finish the day hanging out with Charlie XCX. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's go into the first track. Of course, a little bit of presets with Boys in Love, and then after that, you will be joined by Spencer hanging out with the presets. Uh, and uh, yeah, Park Life Special, get amongst it. <laughs>
Derek's a gun, so that's our trick to getting through the mosh pits. We'll just you know, show oh, that and... Uh, very yeah. good answers out of the subject. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to Queensland. Thanks. Um, good to be here for, what, the 18th brevet time? Oh, uh, too many times to count. Yeah. <laughs> Zillion times. Yeah, and uh, how has the year been so far? Like, uh, uh, it's just been released and uh, we done the overseas leg yet or is it all just been local? No, yeah, this is like the first, like, these are the first shows and then after this we'll go to the States, so, yeah. This actually is the first show. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, so how are we feeling right now then? Good, yeah. Looking forward to just, yeah, getting one out, you we, know. We, we haven't sampled any of our material to the to a crowd yet? Or we, we did have a tiny secret show in Sydney to about 400 people. And how's that picked up? Really yeah, good. They, they kind of like it. Yeah. It was good. But this will be a true test today, you know. Sure. The mounted masses. And, well, knowing how uh, your music is broadcast, uh, like hitting the commercial scene now and things with Triple J and stuff, and I'm sure people are already aware of your music. I'm sure people are going to be singing along already. We hope so. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of that, like, firstly, thank you for Rocking My World in 2008 with uh, Apocalypse. Um, no worries. Yeah. yeah. That, that was it was a good year I just moved to Brisbane and uh, everything was new and fresh and it was like one of the soundtracks of that oh wicked yeah so uh, but since then uh, like it's now it's 2012 what, what's been happening since like I'm sure with that impact of the album what's been keeping you guys busy overseas touring or, or what's, what's been happening yeah a little, we, a little bit of that but mainly just making a record really. yeah yes. I mean since the last time we played here River Stage Apocalypse time yeah um yeah, that would have been two years ago. So, you know, we had kids, we built studios, we yeah, built houses. We so we had records. the kids already, because I knew you had a, a, the SBS girl was a... I had an SBS girl. I had S- So I say SBS girl because the name, when, when you Google it, it, it doesn't, well, it didn't do me any justice. Justice. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, when we said on Facebook that we'd be talking to you, uh, Jens, uh, someone did say on one of the questions is uh, uh, how, how's the you know father life and stuff like that, you know, mainly pinpointing you and stuff like that, but yeah, family life and stuff like that too, so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, living the dream? Yeah. Yeah? Living the reality. <laughs> Welcome to the adult world. Yeah. That's uh, 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 in saying that too, uh, listening to uh, uh, Pacifica, um, the sound is very different. Yeah. Um, how do we come up with that reinvention? Like, we, uh, I, the electronic is still there, but uh, the dance, like a lot of tracks, uh, it's it's different. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we just wanted to um, evolve, basically, yes. like like most artists do. I mean, there was we were faced with some decisions about where we were going to head, and, and we we chose um, to head down that road. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess. We were just trying to make music that excited us, um, in the same way that the, the music that we made for Apocalypso excited us in 2008. So it's just a continuation of that. And uh, and what would you call this uh, style of music? Like presets, music. Presets. <laughs> presets. Presets. The presets yeah. third album, Pacifica. Pacifica. All right. Well, that would be my fourth guess. I mean, you know, I think it was a semi-conscious effort or a subconscious effort to kind of not make a specific dance record or a specific pop record or a specific indie record just make a record that was free of trends and and you know something that was you know bold and out on its own and something that wasn't comparable to anything else you know, sure. that was that was one of the 
goals. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that the sound has changed and you've noticed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, because, yeah, you'll hear, like, you know, if there's Boys in Love or uh, I Know You, and, and you listen to stuff like you know, Ghosts. Uh, I guess Ghosts would be the ultimatum, like, you know, change. Like, how did you guys, like, how do you write a song these days? Like, you being, you know, the, the vocalist in it too, and, and both playing instruments and stuff like that, and losing that, that you know, dance, but still have that electronic, like, how, like, do you guys come with a backing first and you're like, all right, I'm going to put lyrics to this? Or, or do you say, hey, Julian, how about you sing this line? Like, you know? It's always different. Um, usually one of us will come up with a little idea, whether it's a song idea or a beat or a bass line or, or just a guru, you know, and, and, we'll, and if the other guy uh, says, hey, oh, I really like that, then we pursue it. We swap it back and forth and add bits to it and strip bits away and some words get painted, you know, and then hopefully it ends up being a song like Ghosts. Yeah, and how did it go like that? Could be quite like, you know, as if you're in a army commando tough mother course or something like that, like, you know. Well, sometimes it just comes out, you know, I mean, just more specifically about that song, there was a beat which was kind of fun, you know, and then this, this sort of sea shanty kind of vocal just kind of came out. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess those are the moments that we both, and, you know, whether it's a, a synth line or a vocal line or whatever, when we recognize something that's fresh and that we like, we try and really grab those things and run with them, you know. And speaking of like songwriting too, because you know, this, this voice and love, uh, again, going back to uh, If I Were You and Now Ghost Inside, when it comes to songwriting, is, is it like more implementation of ideas or like putting yourself in characters or something like that, or is it a real life experience? With it, 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 certainly in the early days, it was different characters. I mean, this is the thing, I mean, you know, we all have different sides of our personality, you know, none of us are... I don't think any human being you can sort of sum up in one song, yeah. you know, and, and I think um, certainly every song we've ever done has been elements of maybe us or people we know, you know, but I think, um, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's sort of yeah, a song can be like just a fleeting, the yeah. shortest fleeting moment of like a, of, of, a, of a thought, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily, this is me, yeah, totally, you know, it's, it's, it's just music. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of no, music. yeah, I mean, like, we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's just you know, something that sounds good, it sounds, and, good. And it sounds good to you at the time. It's like yeah. it's, it's something that sounds cool for now, and yeah. that's it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's how it's, it's, it's <laughs> a funny thing too, like, and I'm sure you guys have had to explain this to like, especially when the first album came out, and you guys actually really started to you know do fantastic things in the music scene. But uh, you guys studied classical. Yeah. I said first net. How does this sound, the preset sound, get created when you guys have a backing of, of classical and stuff like that. Like, how did how did you guys? I don't know. This I mean, style? this is. I mean, this is a constant like discovery for us. You know, um, it's I all it's, it's all just it's all it's all in there, and it's all a part of what we our personalities. Yeah. And and it's not just like the fact that we were music students. It's the fact that we are, have been music partners for such a long time, and it's a Common language and yeah. I, I guess uh, my last question would be, uh, you know, being um, me personally being part of the LGBT community and and working in magazines and stuff like that. I noticed that um, when you guys first hit the scene, you guys have become quite iconic, not only in the alternative music dance demographic, but also in our demographic too. And I've I've seen interviews too where they said, you know, what shall we talk about? And you turn to the camera and go, hey, how about we talk about how everyone thinks we're gay or something <laughs> like that. And, and you see films that's like this, but like when I saw this Boys in Love, I 
immediately ran to Google and typed in presets gay, question mark, going just to say, I got very excited. But, uh, After you rubbed one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's a talent like it is. Okay. But, uh, you know, when um, you guys, uh, you know, got girlfriends and stuff like that and, and known as, as straight, but also quite iconic in our scene, and then there's also that stigma too that, you know, maybe... How do you guys picked up in the industry, considering that people like Patrick Wolf, all they want to know is what is your sexuality and stuff yeah. like that, and your sexuality is actually straight and stuff like that. What's it like? Is the music industry kind and like you know welcoming and stuff like that, or is it being? We just we just always thought it was like I mean first of all we were accepted really quickly by the gay scene in Sydney. We thought we thought that that was a part of who we were. Um, we thought that the music that we were representing was coming from that, like dance music and good times and house music and all that sort of stuff. And so we were having fun with it and like how people who go to parties like that are having fun. So, I mean, it's, we've never really come across any problems with it, you know, I mean, apart from people just calling, you know, saying we're fat. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing is, I mean, you know, when when we we do photo shoots where we dress up in nice clothes and it's very stylized. You know, that's a very sort of gay cultural iconography. You know, when you think yeah. about, we just know our talent. Yeah, totally. Like, it's just, uh, right. okay, that looks cool. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. And, and you know, I, I think there's certain looks and certain things that people might instantly think gay. Even this boys in love video. I mean, people think, wow, it's really sort of gay. Oh, right. video. We never really. Thought. I mean, so we could recognise it, you know, but we sort of thought, this is a beautiful, well, when you think beautiful about video. You, I don't know why it, it's like that, but like, like I said, when I first saw it, I thought, mm-hmm. like, I, I ran straight to Google, but, yeah. uh, I, but when you think about it, yeah, it, it's, it's actually a really creative film. Yeah, right? yeah, there's two dudes fighting in milk. <laughs> <laughs> what is with that? And even with I Know You, like, you would like to say, listen to the lyrics or so like that, but it's like, everyone's doing the cross-gender writing stuff anyways, and it's like, no, yeah. they're just way ahead of you guys. Exactly. Breaking the barrier. That's it. Come join us. Totally. Come uh, join us. <laughs> but I uh, cannot wait to uh, see you guys uh, later tonight. Congrats on uh, the new album. Is it too fresh uh, to ask after the States what you'll be doing after that? Do you think you'll do a solo tour? Or yeah, we'll definitely do something next year. It's, it's still being worked out, but it's 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 it's, it's definitely on the cards. Okay. There will be shows. We're not going to just go to the States and that's it. Let's
enjoyed the interview there with the uh, presets. Uh, we now uh, cross over to Spencer at uh, Park Life, hanging out with Carolyn of Chairlift. Firstly, how are you going, Carolyn? Great, thank you. And uh, where's Patrick uh, today? Is he amongst the uh, getting ready? Wh- which Patrick one's Pat? Patrick is probably in the dressing room having some tequila to make sure it's not poison. All right. Well, um, I saw you uh, at the beginning of this year at Laneway, and uh, we were actually set to interview you guys uh, at the beginning of Laneway too, but due to you know, the lifestyle of a band and uh, our work commitment. Well, that was in Brisbane, right? That was in Brisbane. That, that, that was when the storm came through and the venue got changed, and it was torrential rain. No, 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 no. The venue didn't get changed. It's always there. Um, it was just raining, and uh, they had to implement other shadeful stuff to keep us all dry. And... Uh, yeah, we were going to hang out then, but uh, we didn't. And I still have the interview questions that I oh, wow. uh, wrapped up in Laneway after seeing you guys and stuff like that. Oh, Plus cool. some, because uh, we're back hanging out again. You're back in Australia. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, what uh, was that just by choice? Because after Laneway, you were like, crap, we've got some following here. We need to come back, or was it more? Yeah, what, what it was amazing. Um, Australia was the first place we played our record because it actually came out while we were on the plane to Laneway. Mm. So these were the first shows that we played when anyone had heard our album and we were totally shocked that people knew the lyrics to our songs like the week it had come out because Triple J was being so supportive. Yes. Triple J is an amazing but radio it, it station. it like made me want to cry seeing people knowing the words of this album that had just come out a couple days prior. It was like you were prepared because I remember seeing you guys and you're like, sorry guys, it's taken you know a bit of a transition between songs but I actually want to play these songs for you. And that yeah. just had me go... Oh, like fantastic! So, how how has the feedback been? Like knowing that we know stuff and it's and been amazing. Um, what, in comparison to you know back home and stuff like that, what what's the following like? I think um, the American audience for us is mostly men on this album, which is really unusual because on our first record, I think it was more girls that were coming to the shows. Um, I don't know what that means, but I, I like men and I like women, so that works out. But uh, I feel like on this record, there's more like musos coming out to the shows as opposed to people that saw the iPod commercial. Yeah, um, exactly. Because when I watched you guys, um, you did. I heard I tried to do heads, yeah, and I'm it. like, I know this song. Like, yeah. I had no idea that was you guys. We still love something. playing that song, even though we've played it a million times, because it's so fun to see people's faces when they don't realize they knew who we were and then they realize oh shit I know who this band is <laughs> so I get endless pleasure out of that moment of surprise. Um, and actually when we first were touring that album before the trailer you know before anyone really knew who we were people would always ask us oh you're covering that song from the ad and we're like no that's no, not we just don't realize that we're this tiny band people assume that because you see something on TV it means it's the killers or something yeah. but actually Apple just found us out of absolute nowhere so anyway, that was that was more the story of our first record, and uh, it was interesting following that up because if you actually listen to our first record, Bruises is kind of one end of the spectrum, and the other end of it goes into kind of more um, kind of psychedelic, um, melodic, um, kind of conflicted territory. Sure. And I think this record kind of blends the two. Actually, it kind of it took all the different. Uh, tips of the star from the first record and kind of switch them together more. Oh. So. Because there's definitely a different sound between um, that album and something. Definitely. Like, and I, well, I'm curious how it happened. Because it said, uh, I think I read 18 months in order to get this album together, something yeah. together. Um, was that because you were figuring out the new sound? Or, or how did this all come about? Like, was it Patrick's implementation to saying, look, I've got this, you know, like, bass and, you know, ultimate Well, actually, you, you're totally right to mention the bass because on the first record, we weren't very, um, 
we weren't very specific about the sounds we wanted to use, but on the second record, when we started writing it, we said, okay, this song is going to be a duet between bass and vocal, with synths and, and drums backing it up. But it's, in a lot of songs, I feel like the bass line is just as much of a melodic hook as the vocals are. So I really feel like Patrick on bass and my voice are really duetting. Mm. And I think we kind of based the live show around that. Like Patrick and I are up front, and then we're surrounded by the drums, the bass and the synth, uh, drums and guitar and synth, pardon me that are kind of supporting those two mono lines. And I think actually the stuff we're going to write is going to be even more bass and vocal centric. Like I want to start playing bass too and have two basses on stage. But anyway, that's the next time we'll be in Australia, that'll be wherever we're at. But anyway, um, the bass really did help pull this, the consistency of the album together. So what are we going to see when we see say, because you say, you know, there's all this uh, new implementations into your, you know, sort of evolved. Well, the new live show is really energetic and really percussive. Like, it's, a, it's kind of about these really snaky sounds, like lots of yellow snakes tangled up together, and then really, um, really kind of like rocky percussion, like almost the sounds of like wood and stones hitting each other. So it's yeah. like the contrast between the snakes and the stones. Can, can you give me an energetic. example of what, what, I should, what track I should be listening out sure, for when I that think, comes? I mean, I, I think a lot of them have elements of that, like Sidewalk Safari is like, you know, it's, it, it's really and snaky. That's, and that's the first taste that we've really got of you guys here in, in, in Australia. Like, that's what Triple J did first up, Sidewalk yeah, Safari, that was, and that, that had me cool. go, all right, got to get amongst this band. But, I mean, uh, I'm almost wondering if people knew what that song's about, because it gets played on the radio all the time. What's it about? Well, that song's about running someone over with the car. Oh. That's what a Sidewalk Safari is. It's Obviously. Chasing, chasing someone down. Oh, is that what it's playing for? Yeah, because okay, we're... Okay, we, we don't, we're not privy to that terminology. <laughs> well, the, the lyrics in the first verse are... All of the bones in Have we met before? It's about you meeting your boyfriend, though. Yeah, yeah. of course. It, okay, good. The song is, the whole record is extremely personal. That's not personal. about stalking someone and, no, uh, you that, know, like... that's not about revenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's met before is what happens once you've burned off the old crops and are ready to plant new ones. Uh, of course. All right. So, I actually like the story behind how we met before because you actually, uh, uh... You, you noticed him in a gig or something like that, but he actually came to see you or something. The first time I ever saw him was when he was on stage. And then the next time I saw him was in the crowd at a chairlift show, and I saw him in the audience, and I was like, where have, I, where have I seen you before? And I just had this magic feeling when I saw him, and I was like, are you the cute guy from my video class? Are you a friend of a friend? Where, where do I know you from? And it wasn't until he sent me an email the next day that I put two and two together. So it was, uh, oh, that's sort of like love at first sight. So yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, jealous. Uh, everyone says, you know, you just got to relax and it all just happen naturally. I think it, it's, I it's true what they say. Mickey and I recently broke up, but we're still, like, absolute best friends. Okay. And we're going to be best friends forever. And, so. and how has this year been since we last saw you at Laneway? Like, any it's, anything? It's, what, what's happened? Because uh, the album came out. It would have impacted on the world apart from Australia. Like, what's what's been happening? What have you been up to? It's been a, an epic record. Since then, we've made three music videos. One is for Met Before, and it's interactive. Um, one is for I Belong in Your Arms which is in Japanese. Okay. And uh, the other is Sidewalk Safari, which we wanted to do live. So we actually do the live version live, of it yeah. in our practice And that's space. on YouTube already. Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. And um, Eminem came out before the album. Um, but what else have we done? We've toured Europe, I think, two or three times. We had our first show in Russia, our first show in... So Italy how you picked Spain. up in Europe compared to uh, here, and uh, are you also well known there too? Like yeah, people? yeah. I mean, France has always been really supportive, but the UK, um, who wasn't so supportive on the first record, really liked the second one. So we got, you know, it was so cool. Excellent. Well, uh, the True Day Hottest 100 is happening uh, soon, so that's uh, pretty exciting. How you guys are going to fare on that? It's, it's oh yeah.
Have you heard of that countdown before? Yeah, when we were here on Australia last time, they were doing it. It was all about like passion. Uh, not about passion, but talking with people and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing too, I have to just point out, like in fact, just hanging out with you now, like I think saying more important, not more important, but just important with music and, and presentation, so why that is, is the passion. And I can tell when you see that with the, the pair that you're fashioning now, like is that just fluke or is that like, you know, this is our sound, this is just how I feel when it comes to, so like what, what inspires the uh, awesome hairdo that I've seen from? This was just a drawing I made on a cocktail napkin on a plane. I was like, this is really what I want. I just want a, a ring that goes connecting one eye to the other. Wow. And then when I got back, uh, I guess a couple, a couple months ago, I, w I started working on the I Belong in Your Arms music video idea, and I, was, I really wanted my character in it to be kind of like an ice skater, because when I grew up when I was, when I was little, I used to ice skate a lot, and I, I love the idea of a figure skater as kind of the, the psychedelic protagonist, like someone who's kind of skating around and is moving with the music and having a, an emotional adventure, and is a very literal metaphor for melody, you know, like okay. single skate, yep. really like, the, like singing. I think about about ice skating all the time, actually. Uh, even though I don't do it anymore. Um, but is that what some like sort of recreational thing to write a song? Like go for an eye? Like some people will go and listen to an album or something, then they're another inspired for you. Is it? Go I mean, for I do think skate? ice skating would be the perfect way to listen to a record or any music we make. I think that'd be the perfect way. Okay. That and playing video games. I think both of those kind of things. Like, like traveling. We definitely make traveling music. Like right. driving. Does that mean ice you're skating, a gamer? Moving. Huh? Does that mean you're a gamer? I'm not, but I had a second life phase while we were mixing our record. And I wasn't even like, you know, buying or selling anything. I just I just wanted to explore the architecture and yep. while listening to mixes I thought that was the perfect thing to do. Like a lot of our music's made made for moving. Not yep. even dancing but just traveling through space. But anyway, I wanted the character in the I Belong video to be um, kind of like this ice skater character. And I was working with a friend of mine to come up with an outfit and everything just seemed too gimmicky. And then I finally just said, fuck it, I want to just, just dress really normally, but do this thing in my hair instead of putting any pressure on the outfit. So I just wore um, one of my boyfriend's sweater vests and did this to the hair, and it just felt right. It felt and like the character. Has, has this film been done yet, or is it still in production? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It came out about three weeks ago. Right. Oh, brand new. All right. Well, we'll be Facebooking the shit out of that and putting that up yeah, on that. Well, the song's in Japanese in the video. Oh, excellent. Well, that, and that brings me to another question. I want to test your memory, see how okay. good your memory is, because um, when we are at Laneway, we, we, you guys were the first actor we saw when we... And um, your second track, it was in a different language. I think it was French. French. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but we just couldn't uh, find out what the song was. The song is called Planet Health. Oh, no. That song we translated into French, but the one that we played was called The Flying Saucer Hat. The Flying Saucer Hat. The Fantastic. Are in French. We, we were going through like all your records and all your, like, we were downloading everything from iTunes just to see if we could you know find that song was? to play on is our show. It came out on the re release of our first record, so it might not be out in Australia. Okay. That might be what it is. But I now know the name, so it's going to happen. It's on YouTube, Th The Flying Saucer Hat. Fantastic. <laughs> and that was a, yeah, that was one of my favorite tracks that I saw on your set. They just had me go. I can't wait to talk to this lady one day. The so. song's about a giant purple beret. Uh, that would have been my fifth guess, clearly. Second guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, after this, after uh, Park Life, what's the plan from there? Is it too uh, early to ask that? No, or? we have, um, we're touring through November from Park Life. We do a short tour with XX in the US. Okay. And then we end at Pitchfork Festival in Paris. So that's going to be a big celebration. 
it's uh, how you find the traveling and seeing all the world and stuff like I'm that. I'm getting kind of sentimental that, that we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I've been writing a lot lately and I kind of can't wait to just hole up and write intensively. So. Okay, so when do you think that'll happen? What, maybe mid next year or even before? Or I don't want to commit to anything yet because I, I'm still kind of feeling around with what's going to happen next. And are we thinking collaborations too? Because, uh, you know, in the past you've done uh, like washed out or dance races. And well, Charlotte typically doesn't collaborate very much. Like, we brought in a guitarist um, named Kurt Feldman to work with us on this record, who we love. Um, but for the most part, Patrick and I play everything ourselves, and I think we want to keep it that way. But both of us love working with other artists on individual one offs. So I think it's more them chasing you sort of thing, like, oh, we want to hang out with the talent, so... You know. Well, you know, I think I think female vocalists are a commonly uh, added thing to tracks, so I, I, that's, that's just the perk of my job that I get, is, is, uh, the, uh, is being featured. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's a bad idea, but I actually really like it. It's like playing dr- musical dress-up. And, and it also breaks a lot of stereotypes, too. Instead of just having the lead female vocals, and that's all I do, vocals, like, people also got that implementation to go, no, I actually write it actually doing the featuring things it's very traditional and conservative way of having a woman be on a track whereas with Trailift I'm programming synths and programming drum beats and it actually really frustrates me to read reviews where they say uh, vocalist Caroline Polachek and producer multi-instrumentalist Patrick Wimberly it's like damn it no like it's, but in a way I kind of I don't I don't care well, sure, because when I reviewed your album I just referred you guys as the duo that you know well, I think it's it's up to journalists to do their homework or not, so whatever. Cool. Well, um, I'm probably going to wrap it up uh, there. It's been Thank you so much. Really pleasure. It's oh, so good to finally see you guys again and meet yeah, you. Yeah, I can't um, wait. Yes, and uh, hey, I can't wait to see you set to Charlotte. Yeah, I can't wait to play. Um, if you were to... Uh, Pluto à la barre pour célébrer l'éclipse unique.
Spencer with Robin. Good, how are you? Good. Uh, uh, big fan. <laughs> uh, so, uh, firstly, how, how are you going? Um, you, you just got here yesterday, so how are you finding Australia this round? Uh, this uh, I'm finding it very nice. It's nice to be on this side of the planet. Yes. I've been in Asia for a while and I haven't been to Australia since, since like 2010. Uh, what, what festival was it? Um, uh, Stereosonics, I think yeah. was the last time you were here. So. so it's been a while. It's really nice to be back. I've, I've had a lot of requests over the last couple of years to come and play and I haven't been able to make it so and I've been feeling kind of bad about it. Uh, because Is that I, considering the success of uh, Body Talk Trilogy? Yeah, or? exactly. Because I have a lot of like really... Um, you know, dedicated fans here, and yeah. I just felt like it was my duty to come back, but it, well, it hasn't been possible until now. Like I said, I've been a fan. So, oh God, uh, I was in grade five when I first came across you with Show Me Love mm -hmm. in '97, and, and and I guess that's my uh, first question too. Like, when we see you these days, like with the new style of music that you do, as opposed to where you started, what's the likelihood of hearing Show Me Love live or, or these days? Do you do a remix of that or will you still do the radio edit in your shows? Or I still how do Show Me that? Love almost every night <laughs> as an encore. Well, thank you for spoiling us with well, that. Well, I don't think there's going to be an encore because it's a festival. It, it is a festival, so does that mean in order to see that song, I will have to see you when you do a solo tour in Australia yeah. if we're lucky? Yeah. Because the last time you've been here, you've only been doing festivals. Is there a likelihood that you might want to do a a tour, um, whether it be... Uh, I'd love that. I'd love to do a tour. I've, I haven't been able to um, do it until come here until now, and I think this is one of the last tours I'm doing for this album. Yep. So it won't be with this album, but okay. maybe next time. And, and, and that... I guess has been keeping you busy lately was the success of uh, Body Talk and yeah. uh, it was it was over three parts and stuff like I, I guess my first question is is uh, you know how did that was it always this project to be a trilogy album or or how did how was it spread out through over three hours? how did that process come about and, and what have you um, we just started to write we started to write songs for um, or I started to write songs for this album around July in 2009 and I hadn't been recording an album since 2005 so I was I had a lot of songs ready and I I wanted to come out back on tour again pretty soon since I had been touring so much and I didn't want to lose the crowd and all like the energy that I had built up so the idea of touring and recording the album at the same time came about like just trying to be practical about it. It wasn't really a, a concept but it became a concept during the during the release. Okay. Um, the concept was no concept I think. The concept was just to try to be practical and try to be... So it was an I'm running out of ideas. Let's just call it Body Talk Part 2 and Body Talk Part 3. No, not like that but it was, you know, I had I had a lot of songs and I just didn't want to stay off the road too right. long oh, okay. and that, that's why the the three albums uh, happened because I wanted to, to come out and tour before I had released you know or recorded everything. Okay and I guess when it comes to your music songwriting too and uh, oh god thinking back to uh, 2008 when uh, uh, Mine and uh, uh, I Don't Look Back and stuff like that came out that album. I guess I could really relate to it because I was just going through a massive breakup. It was just 
music for the soul just to hear that stuff and I and then hearing like call your girlfriend and and a lot of your songwriting it has that theme of uh, of, of hurt and uh, you know being hurt by someone I just got to ask is that just saying that you're good at writing that like you know you hear stories from people and go you know what I could write a song about that or has there just been some mongrel in your lifetime that's just caused you a lot of pain going yes I'm inspired to put it into music and and generate something fantastic I think love songs are um, they're like a format you know that you can use in lots of different ways you can use it to describe almost any emotion you know whether it's happiness or sadness or um, anger or fear or whatever and um, I like sad songs I think sadness is a beautiful feeling that I um, you know I think melancholy is very goes very well with pop music and I think it's something that a lot of people feel along a lot in their lives and I think um, that's what I'm interested in more than you know telling the true story of my life <laughs> um, of, of course everything is in you know I wouldn't be able to write about anything that I haven't experienced myself. So, of course, so there's all a big the life songs, experience element to it. Yeah, all of the songs are about my life. Uh, but to say exactly where they come from and what like abandonment and like sadness comes from, you know, you would have to be my therapist to be. Able to, <laughs> That's a personal thing. Yeah. To well, it, 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 talking about that style of music too, like sad songs, like a lot of artists these days sort of trick the audience in a way by uh, writing a song that's really sad lyrically but it has such a boppy upbeat background that people don't know that they're actually dancing to a really you know sad song and stuff like that so how important is that aspect that you say with the pop music background because you know you'll hear something like Royksop teaming up with Royksop for Robot and stuff like that like I came across that song Robot and I loved it because it just sounded great it, it had a, a beat and stuff like that when really it was about heartbreak and stuff like that so is that I guess again fluke too that when you write your sad songs to have that poppy dance background to get everyone amongst it or is that really important with that sort of theme of song that you do I think that that combination between uh, dance music and like uh, sadness is really nice I like that um, I don't think that a sad song has to be slow or that a happy song needs to be fast but I think the contrast in between uh, extremes that that's when something happens you know I think with most things in life that's how it is you know and I don't know any any feeling that is just one thing you're usually you know sadness usually comes with some kind of happiness to it and happiness usually comes with some kind of sadness to it it's kind of hard to it's hard to separate, separate them sure um, so yeah, I guess I like I like that. Okay, and and another thing that comes with your uh, style and music too is definitely your fashion and your film clips. Uh, some of the funnest film clips I've seen, like Call Your Girlfriend, like that dancing from side to side, and and it's impacting too. Like you know, like how was it? I guess the SNL. Uh, you of course you know the SNL what they did with your your clip and stuff like that. Like with that sort of impact, how how does that feel? Like uh, you know. And, and the film clips too, is it something that comes to you and you say, you've got an idea, let's do this, or do they come to you saying, this is what we want you to do, and you're like, you know what, I 
can do that. I can add the Robin S theme to it. How does it all come about? That sort of magic. Uh, I well, the, um, the the FNL thing was great. It was um, fun. I think that they did that. I think he was <laughs> funny. I think that they did it with, like with the flashlights was fun and that he was trying that he was doing it in this small room. Like it, it, that was good. And um, yeah, the videos are just you know. Sometimes it's an idea that I have, and sometimes it's something that the director wants to do. Um, Even with the haircut styles and, and too, like uh, especially with mine, like the look that you were fashioning then. Uh, with what? The haircuts that you had, like uh, the style that uh, you had, was that all you, or was that uh, part of the crew that made all that come to life too? And, uh, and I guess the fashion that you wear too, with the uh, jackets and stuff like that. That I. Oh no, no. I mean, the, the video director doesn't decide how I cut my hair. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I, uh, I did the, I made the all the videos for this album with uh, my. Fiance, so we okay. work a lot together and uh, talk about stuff, and, and it's um, uh, different when you know each other so well. It's a different, I think, a different way of working. But uh, when I work with people that I don't know, it's still, you know, either it's someone that I really like and respect, and I trust them with what they want to do and how they see it, or it's a collaboration because it's a person that, you know, that I want to work with and they want to work with me. And so it's, it's not, um, uh, it's not so much like... It's a bit more fingers and pies, like everyone collaborates sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. And okay. uh, the styling, I work with a girl called Saida. She, she uh, does a lot of my choreography as well. And she and I... We both, you know, we, we grew up around the same time, so we have a lot of, like, the same references, and she looks at clothes, I think, in an interesting way, where she's not just about the trends of, like, fashion, she's more looking at, like, social um, patterns and what clothes actually say about you as a person, and uh, references back to street culture. A lot of it comes from street culture, still for me, that's kind of, you know, Growing up with like rave culture and hip hop, sure. it was kind of how I started to dress, you know, through through streetwear. Okay. And so I think that's still like a, a huge part of it. The, the cultural references are still a huge part of it for me. Um, but but it's a it's a collaboration. I think all of the, all of the parts of what I do is very much a collaboration with other people that I like.
drift astray At a touch and at a place Will you tell me to my face The next you can hang with me And if you do me right I'm gonna do right by you And if you keep it tight I'm gonna confide in you I know what's on your mind There will be time for that Yeah. <laughs> but 
But uh, as I grew older and my audience grew older, you know, that fan base stayed with me. And I think a lot of the support I got from, you know, making the transition from like my first records into like what I'm doing now was very supported by my sure. gay fans. Excellent. Um, and although, you know, all the first shows that I did in the States and in the UK were all gay clubs and. So it's been a, a very big part of, of what I So you would have do. seen some interesting things in your life, I'm sure, with the gay crowds and stuff like that. We, we, we know our music. We go, we go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's really nice. <laughs> I think that's, you know, the best clubs you can go to, gay clubs, because you, it's about the music and it's about, like, letting go of things and, and uh, living, living out whatever you, you know, like exorcism almost. And I guess talking about your first record to now, there's definitely been a, a music genre change, if you will. Like uh, when you first came out, you, you'd hear your songs played on, on what we have here, like Rage and stuff like that. But with your latest albums, Triple J, Love It, uh, you, you, it's fingers and pies. Like you have so many demographics uh, following you and stuff like that. Um, was that all you, like wanting to say, look, this is what I want to write, this is what I want to do? Or did you fall into the genre that you do now and, and stuff like that? Like was this mostly your choice saying, you know, I and it just had that alternative like sound like and that dance alternative indie pop, uh, if if you will, or I um I just I think I still make pop music, you know, and I don't think that it's changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've grown older and <coughs> I've changed. My first album I recorded my first album when I was fifteen. Yeah you so I think you know, it's, it's for me. It was <clears throat> an exciting part of my life. I got to do something that I had never done before, and I was very, um, you know, curious. I was learning a lot, and it was a great learning experience. But it also got boring after a while. So for me, it was like almost like the first album that I released on Kanichiwa Records it was almost like releasing my first album again you know because okay. it was such a different process making that album yeah and more you in control too as and that's what happens when you're an artist too I would imagine too you get to that point where yeah you can do what you yeah, want I mean I don't think a lot of 16 year olds really know what they want to do yeah but I think uh, it was a great way of finding out and uh, is it too soon to ask what uh, the future holds? Uh, what what can we expect from you uh, after all this touring is done come next year? Are we going to have a bit of a break or do we have a new album? Have we been writing? What, what's what's going on? I wish I could Robert? tell you, but I can't. I mean, I don't know myself. <laughs> okay, I have no, no idea. I've just started touring. I've, stopped tour- I've just kind of started to come down from like the really intense touring period. We've been touring non-stop since oh March 2010. God. Yep. So it's been almost two and a half years soon, and and I'm I'm ready for a new album, but I haven't been able to write while I've been touring. Sure. So there's no no beginnings yet. Has the fiance been touring with you, or is it all just? Uh... Yeah, he comes to visit sometimes. Well, um, thank you so much for uh, getting to uh, know us and uh, giving us the time of day. Like I said, I've uh, I've grown up with you. I've uh, you've been responsible for many of my uh, 
getting over my breakup periods or uh, getting amongst it on a Saturday night. Thank you so much. It's been uh, a privilege. And uh, all the best in the future and have fun today. Uh, I look forward to seeing you tonight at uh, our at, at stage. Very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Uh, I think... Every heartbeat And it hurts with every heartbeat And it hurts with every heartbeat
going to cross over to hanging out with uh, St. Lucia. Um, before interviewing him, uh, a lady walked past with a iPhone and said, everybody wave at the camera, and me and her, uh, me and St. Lucia just waved at the lady randomly, and uh, I sort of just turned to St. Lucia going, that lady was a bit odd, do you know her? To which he turns and responds to saying, uh, yeah, that's my wife. So we had a bit of a laugh there, and uh, the interview starts uh, at that realisation. Oh, you good. know that woman. Yeah, that, that, I'm married to her. Oh, <laughs> so you know her pretty well then, maybe. I, I do. Okay, come, not really. Met her a few days ago, we got married, South whatever. African cultures, you know, I'm just not sure. Like, you guys have gay marriage yet, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, way ahead of time. So I can't right, catch right. up with these things, how it works these days, so... Um, uh, but uh, yes, uh, before we started the interview, you did say you grew up in uh, South Africa. Yes. Um, you studied in New York, or you live in New York. Uh, you studied, uh, you've been a choir boy growing up. You've, yeah. You've sort of, uh, as we described, I'm not sure if you have this terminology here, fingers and pies. You know, you just have a quite broad range of, uh, of uh, everything. Um, tell us about your history, like, because you're brand new to Australia. Like, uh, uh, in fact, walking to the festival, you were playing, and people were going, oh, that's St. Lucia, we've got to go there. Like, we know of you already. But for people that don't, tell us a bit about yourself. What, what's, what's the story there, John? Um, well, I was born in South Africa, like you said. Um, I lived there until I was 19. I went to this boys' choir school called the Drakensberg Boys' Choir, and um, I, you know, studied classical music while I was there, and then sort of gradually got more into, you know, contemporary music and stuff, and got into bands like Radiohead back in the day, and started getting more into experimental music, and then I moved to England, um, study music in Liverpool, um, and then from Liverpool moved to the States, where I worked as a commercial music writer, as a jingle writer, oh, for a few years. Is that what they all do, or is that, was that just a gig you got? That's just what I got, and you know, it wasn't something that I, it wasn't one of my ambitions to be a commercial music writer, no. but it was like... We, we're going to move you to America to be to New York to be a commercial music writer we'll pay for everything and yeah. you'll li- I was just I, like I need whatever. to make a living and yeah I'll just do that so I did it for a few years some and then people work in offices and work for a magazine outside to get to where they want to be yeah exactly it's all it's all part of the story I guess but um I did that and then I left that job and started like my own little studio in Williamsburg and um and then St. Lucia like developed out of that I mean uh, I was and why St. Lucia? Um, well, the actual name just came from me, like, closing my eyes and sticking a pen on a map, um, and it was, like, the fifth try, but it's actually named after the St. Lucia in South Africa, not in the, the Caribbean. Okay. Um, so it's got nothing to do with the St. Lucia suburb that's down here with the... No, but I've heard about it. I have heard about it. Um, a lot of people have heard about it, because when I say I'm interviewing St. Lucia, they're like... Huh? Is that, is that anything to do with the UQ or something? But anyway. Wait, is it in Brisbane, St. Lucia? Uh, we have a campus, St. Lucia UQ campus, the most prestigious university campus here is St. Lucia. Really? So, saying that when people are like, because uh, uh, when Sony first said, you know, uh, St. Lucia, can you get amongst that and do that? I'm thinking, they want me to do the interviews in St. Lucia? <laughs> Alright, this is going to be interesting. So, but yeah, so um, I mean, the fact that Saint Lucia is in Brisbane, which is kind of a tropical city, is like so to me that it just had this kind of tropical, slightly holiday connotation to it. Because um, I also went to Saint Lucia in South Africa as a kid, so it just seemed to fit. And your music is a holiday. It is a it's, it's it is a, a musical trip. holiday. Um, I, I I do have to ask too because you know you like you say choir, uh, uh, classical uh, studying. Uh, 
South African music. Like, I, I didn't really know that there was a theme or, or uh, you know, an era to that that you've sort of brought into your music. And your 80s pop influences. Is, is there all this knowledge? Is this what this creates? Or, or is, you know, St. Lucia, I guess, just a project that you're like, all right, I'm going to try this music genre, but this is, you know, what is your passion? Is this... Is this it, or, or this is part of it? I mean, I love all sorts of different genres of music and eras, and um, but you know, obviously that the whole '80s thing is like I feel like a lot of artists are doing that at the moment. But at the time that I was coming up with it, it just felt like you know there were a lot of very cerebral indie indie bands, and it seemed like that was that just seemed to be all pervasive and I just felt like I wanted to do something that was a bit refreshing and that, that wasn't it's that, lot, yeah. you know? Uh, you wanted to find the new, new thing sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, but it wasn't, people. I wasn't like trying to like look for something that people would like, you know? It was just me trying to find the thing that would surprise me and feel fresh to myself, you know? And that, because you know, I grew up in the 80s and, and um, as a kid, that was that just got into my subconscious, you know. And it, for many years, I kind of rejected that and was also trying to be more experimental or crazy or whatever. Um, and I think some experimental things still come out in the Saint Lucia sound, but it is very different. It's uh, uh, take it from someone who's actually just starting to learn, um, you know, the whole uh, panel set thing, like when it comes to mixing and stuff. Right, like, right. My friend has a. A sound soundboard like yeah soundboard desk thing next to his computer and he, we got to trial it the other day so the only really way I could cope or actually get my head around it was having a song already mixed in the background that you know you just fit around with hearing your stuff it, it sounds like something just made from scratch <laughs> and uh, how was that process like how does one do that like uh, you know is it just saying you've got to be saying music your whole life to get amongst or or, or how does one create a Saint Lucia song? Um, I mean, songs like September or this. It's oh. for me. It's a very, it's a very, very random like train of thought process. I don't, I sort of don't sit and think and try and come up with things. You know, I'll just be like walking down the street and I'll come up with an idea. And sometimes it's just an instrumental thing. Sometimes it's like melody and chords and lyrics and everything sort of just like pops into my head. It's like you, when you come up with an idea for anything, when you suddenly think. Oh, I should like put this chair in the backyard because it'll be, you know, it's just like uh, that. Yeah. And just not questioning that process and just going along with it um, and just going with my first instinct on everything. And then sometimes it doesn't turn out that well and sometimes it turns out amazing and you just have to take that chance with like <laughs> different things. Out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, how did you discover Synth Electric? Um, well, considering that your classical music and you know '80s pop and stuff, like, how does one say, "Oh, this is what this is about"? And uh, like for you, how how did well, it was um, it was it was definitely through the whole commercial music thing that that oh, that wow. happened. Um, uh, you know, just because when you're a jingle writer or a commercial music writer, you have to be able to write in a lot of different genres. And you know, we would just get a brief saying from some advertising agency saying, "Oh, we want." Um, a track that sounds like this, you know, and sometimes it would be rock, and at the time I was like way more into rock, and then sometimes it would be synth stuff, and I was like, well, I don't really know that much about synth or whatever, but I wanted to pay respect to like the genre that I was writing in, so I would kind of study a little bit, listen to a bit, and then 
there was some synths lying around so I started experimenting with them and then eventually bought my own one and it just started becoming like this thing that was an amalg amalgamation of a lot of different instruments and was stuff. the goal always to do something like St. Lucia like you know make write songs uh Ryan album tour or, or that? Or Th that was always my main ambition. Like, okay. the commercial thing definitely was not my main ambition. Oh, not, yeah. But it was like, it was a means to an end, you know, and um, yeah, this is just. I'm, and this is the sound you found and able to. Make yeah, and it own. might change. Like, I don't know, I might start writing symphonies or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm and I'm, that's my maker. Like, who are you? Knowing that you know you have all these you know backgrounds. Like, you know, like what 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 is what is John like? Or, or is, is Saint Lucia what this is about? Or is this just this is well, like I said, you know, this is just one piece of of the pie. You know, um, you know, I love I love people like Philip Glass and Steve Reich and like like modernist classical music as well. And I love world music I love I just love a lot of different things you know for me it's more about how it makes me feel at the time and what you can it needs to it. like what I come up with needs to surprise me in some way you know which is why I need to write 60 or 70 songs for like an 11 track album to come out of that because some things don't surprise me as much as other things or don't seem as fresh to me and I like to have something that seems it wasn't a story. fresh in some way or exciting or surprising yeah. I well know. I think you know you say you borrow <clears throat> stuff from the 80s and that now and stuff like that, but what you create, I think, is very much what the modern sound of this decade is, is going to be, if, if not already. But uh, cool, another, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, well, I'm, I'm just being biased here. You know, who knows whether I'm right or not. Uh, but uh, another thing I've, I've noticed too when uh, researching you is uh, the remixes that uh, you do too, and uh, you just happened to remix one of my favorite Foster and the People songs. Oh, really? But uh, I was just wondering, like, when it comes to that, is it something that, again, like you said before, it's something you listen to and go, you know, just like, hey, that. I should go out in the backyard you've listened to something and go hey this is what I can do with something or do they come to you saying hey you're, you're talented you can mix a good beat can you whip up something with this or well I feel like I'm still not really a super known remixer like I don't have a like I don't think the general public like knows about me doing remixes and stuff so when people come to me I just I kind of use the remix thing as a way to just explore, you know, the way that I used commercial music in the past where I would use that to explore different ideas and new sounds. I, I like to just remix things and just try out like random ideas that I have. Like the Foster the People remix, you know, that was, I would say that the first half of that song sounds nothing like St. Lucia at all. It's just like a rock song basically, but it was just the first idea that came into mind and it seemed interesting to take because the Foster the People track has kind of it there kind of hints at that. In it. Like uh, I really liked it. It was. It was uh, I mean, I, I love the Foster the People track. You know, and it hints at that slightly rocky thing, and I just decided to go like as extreme with that as I possibly could, and then to just randomly go into an electro section at the end. You know, and I just I like just not be not taking it too seriously and trying out things that maybe people will find funny or interesting or. What happens? Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. So, do you take requests? If, if, if I was to, have you, have you, I'm just gonna put it out there, have you come across Yesayer in your travels? I love Yesayer. Fantastic. Well, I love Yesayer. When hearing what you could do with Foster Peel, I was just thinking, man, what damage could Saint Lucia do with, uh, you know, songs like One or uh, 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 Out? Al like with a band like Yesayer, I would want to like, because they already have this very experimental kind of lean, lean kind of thing. I'd love to take it and just make it like... No, just hearing your sound and stuff like that, I just thought, yeah. 
I, I, if he hasn't come across the AC yet, I should, I should mention that, like, you know... I no, I love the AC. I mean, I was a, I was a huge fan of their first album. Um, I don't want to sound like one of these people who goes off a band as no, they I'm go on. I'm a bit at the moment going, oh, I'm glad I mentioned yes, and here you go, oh, I know them. I'm no. thinking, oh, maybe well, I know I mean, music too. So. I mean, I'm just lucky because I, I lived in, in New York at the time that they came out, you know, and they were kind of a local band um, at the time. So I'm just lucky to have heard them. But, um, yeah, I, I loved their first album because it was so crazy and experimental and it had all these different ideas and it had a bit of that kind of world influence that... I just found it very refreshing when I first heard it. And that's something that you implant too with the, because uh, your bio just, you know, and, and hearing your music too, it, it, it really accentuates that. Uh, it's got that South African, um, you know, chant Bible, you know, jungle-esque uh, sound to it, which is, is quite evident. But uh, um, in saying, you know, quoting New York and stuff like that, where is home at the moment? Or what is home uh, for you knowing, you know, your career life and, and your upbringing and, and stuff like that? Um, well, at the moment, it's New York. I mean, I've been living in, in New York, in Williamsburg. Well, just New York in general for just over six years now. Um, you know, and I live there with my wife. The wife, the missus, yeah. <laughs> so we, we literally we just got married, like, like a week ago. We literally just did it. Um, oh, God, you guys don't mess around. Like, yeah, <laughs> nice. But we've been together for ten years, so it was about time. But yeah. So that's kind it's of home. Thing to do, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of home at the moment. You know, we have some really good friends there and stuff. Um, but we might... I'm not super attached to New York. You know, we might move to L.A. at some point because, you know, I come from South Africa. It's kind of... The weather's similar to Australia. It's like yeah. good weather. So I would love to live somewhere with good weather at some point. They, they say that, you know, places like L.A. or New York will either make you or break you. Um, right. How, uh, <laughs> how does it feel like... Uh, I would imagine when going back to your like high school reunion, something like that. Look what I'm doing now. Look what I can do. But uh, you know, is it is that true? Would you agree with that? Like, is it a, is it a tough scene like compared to here and and the New York lifestyle? I mean, obviously, I can't comment on Brisbane. Like, I have no idea oh. what the music scene is. How are you, Pam? Well, I, this was your first gig here ever in Australia. I've never. Well, I've been to Perth before oh. with the choir that I was in, but I've never been to. I, I've literally only been to Perth. So, um, but yeah, New York. New York is tough. I think just because I think there's a lot of really really good bands and, and musicians in New York and I think it can be very intimidating it can just be intimidating you know to go to shows if you don't if you don't have a very developed idea of what you want to do yet but it can also be very good because you're up against so much amazingly good stuff that you really have to yeah. do your absolute best thing that you can do you know to even hope to kind of compete with other people um yeah yeah but it's but it's great i mean it's 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 a very vibrant scene and people are also very people are very giving and you know people it's not a like closed scene like it's very easy to meet musicians and chat with them and okay you know the vibe is great because so many people like in williamsburg where we live and where i have my studio i'd say 80 percent of the people are probably musicians so you know, you just meet people through. and they will know somebody that you play with or vice versa. And it's a, it's a great... Okay. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, and uh, what's the future for St. Lucia? Is it too soon to ask? Have we got an EP on the way or LP or... What, well, what? September was just... The September Remix EP was just released. Yeah. Um, and then I also... You said something in the 
type, like working towards an album or? Something? Yeah, well, the the album's actually finished now. We're just you know figuring out when it's going to be released. Um, I literally just finished it like a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we're just figuring that out and just finalizing like the track listing and the like little interludes between tracks and the timing and you know all the really really fine details of everything. So if someone um, you know listening to the show is like to come across you for the first time and uh, needs to know like what defines them like you know just so they know what they're getting a taste of because and let's just see if I'm on the mic here because I've written down September and the old home is gone. Would, if, if, if we were to put you on the spot and say nominate a song to, to put out there as, as well, would it be any of those tracks? Or what, 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 be your what do you mean, be? put it out there? Um, for, uh, I'm going to, uh, when editing this, I'm going to put a, a, a song. Oh, just put a track. Oh, no, I would definitely say put September just because it's the most recent single and it's... What's you know, another track that you can think of that's saying this is what we're about, this is what you're getting amongst, this is a taste of... Um, I mean, I think probably the two most different songs from each other is like September and Closer Than This. Okay. So I'd say maybe those are two good songs to put out there. Because okay. um, September's like super dancey and electronic and Closer Than This has more of like a Fleetwood Mac slash Lionel Richie kind of vibe. So yeah. yeah. shine through. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know yeah, you. Man. Thank you so much for Great hanging out. Great to meet out. you and chat. And uh, I'm sure you'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. I hope so. I really hope so.
the Monday, but it was the Tuesday It was every single week that you took me out your arms Yeah, you took me out your arms I said it was just the Wednesday, but it was the Thursday It even went through to Sunday, you took away the past Yeah, you took away your past I won't try to lie You can tell by my face there's a reason why I won't try to lie Is there any way out for me this time? I won't try to lie You can tell by my face there's a reason why I won't try to lie There isn't any way out for me this time Tonight is the end of the world The end of the world The end of the world for me and you
And we're going to end the day hanging out with uh, Charlie XCX. And uh, yeah, stick um, around. Firstly, Charlie XCX, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. I'm very good. I'm embracing park life. Yeah. Hanging out. I'm all good. Yeah. You got you fresh after your gig. How, uh-huh. how uh, did you find that? Uh, was this your first ever gig here? Yeah, the first time I've ever been to Australia, like ever. So it was really nice. Like everyone is so up for it. Everyone is like, yes. it was cool. It was really cool. I think one of the differences being because um, what I discovered, uh, especially in, in Europe, uh, festivals start at like five o'clock in the evening and go yeah, to four yeah, o'clock yeah, at yeah. night. Yeah. Here they start at like. 11 a.m. and go yeah. to like 12 or something. Do you think that might be impacting why everyone? I don't know. Maybe you guys are just like more crazy than us. I don't know what it is. But um, yeah, it's cool. It's really fun. Like, it's just, you know, it's great to just get out here because it's like I heard that like they've been playing my song on the radio. So it's just nice to come and like play a show and, you know, like see people singing along. And I, stuff. I, I, that, that was going to be my question because, uh, you know, it was uh, Christmas, uh, New Year's holidays here. Yeah. And I'm putting up my uh, cabinet after shopping at Ikea, as you do. <laughs> and I'm listening to Nuclear Seasons by you and I'm going, oh, I have to uh, Shazam that song and find out who that is and get amongst it. So thank you for, uh, you know, making household work. No pleasure. worries. But uh, that song was huge here. It was, it every second day, you know, it would be played two or three times. So how was that to hit Australia and figure out, Christ, I'm known here. Oh, well, you know, it was weird. Like, I don't know. It's just weird because I put that track out as just like a taster kind of indie, if you want to call it that track. Like, it was never meant to, you know, like do anything. It was just to be like, hey, this is a track that I do, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean it's cool like seeing people sing the words and then like we went out last night and people were like, oh my god, you're Charlie XCX. So I'm like, whoa, that's kind of weird, but um, it's nice, you know. It, it it's would really be nice. That's, that's it's nice. cool. And I'm glad, like, you know, I'm glad that people like it because it's good pop music. I feel like we need more of that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't call it pop music. Like Nicki Minaj, Britney, that's pop music. This is alternative pop. Like this is this is the pop music that you can listen to and be cool for listening. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean totally. Like at the same time, like I don't want to make pop music for hipsters. Like I want to make pop music, but I want to do it on my own terms. You know, like wow. I don't want to. I don't want to like you know compromise into writing unimaginative songs but in my head I've always been a pop artist and I will always be a pop artist it's I'm not trying to be cool I'm not only doing it for cool kids and it's amazing that cool kids like what I do that's like really nice because I'm not cool like I'm just a massive nerd you know um but yeah like I've always wanted to write a pop record so it's nice that it's kind of being put into like a different array of categories. It's just so, so it's nice. How long have you been writing then? Because uh, and one thing I hate about you, like just just one thing that grinds me, is uh, that I'm 26 years old and this is what I'm doing. You were born in the 90s. You're, you're 20 yeah. this year. Look what you're doing. Like, yeah, um, how did you get this? Why why are you Charlie XCX? Uh, what sort of upbringing did you have that you know you are you are doing what you are doing today and, um, and where yeah giving you the time of day talking going oh my god I'm talking to Charlie XCX. <laughs> uh, I just. I just had a normal upbringing, I guess. I mean, I guess the thing that happened for me was, like, I was doing the whole MySpace thing, putting my songs on MySpace and, you know, making, like, my bedroom tracks and shit. And then... So all in the bedroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally that scene, you know. And then... 
using I've, a computer program? No, 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 just using like a keyboard and then my like, I have like an eight track like desk thing that I would use. And I'm like really like untechnical, so I didn't really know how to work any bit properly. <laughs> I was just doing my thing. And then um, I put it online and this guy, Chaz, um, contacted me and he was from London. I wasn't living in London at that time. And he was like, hey, I run these like illegal raves. You should come and play. And I guess that's when it, and that was when I was 14. I guess that's when it kind of like started for me. Yeah. And I started going to these raves and playing shows and I became part of that kind of scene. And uh, it just kept going from there, I suppose. So, So, and and what pains me too, you're like, oh yeah, like, uh, you know, Nucleus is like, I just need to get out there and (laughs) put a song out there as you do. And so, when it was a really great track and so I so Thank how, did, how did you discover that 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 deep baseness that 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 sort of would make you second think if it's a pop song or not um, sort well of I mean I guess growing up so to speak in that rave culture that was like a very big thing that was a big part of that you know great bass and I've always wanted to make music with great bass you know it stands out most of your yeah too. yeah like that and I like I like that when I go to a club I want to hear it so that's what I want to put in my music. And uh, I was actually on Nuclear Seasons. I was working with this guy, Ariel Retshade. And um, he has like a massive love for like 80s pop, Martika, Tapal, that kind of thing. So our And you style... would know what they were because you were born in the 90s. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> but uh, our styles, I guess, kind of combined when we came out of Nuclear Seasons. So it was cool. That's how that inspired. Alright, so what music were you listening to growing up uh, in your childhood? Um, I was listening... Right now we would say stuff like, you know, Matika and stuff like that. that that's music of my childhood, I guess, yeah. you know, And then the 90s, we were a bit mature and we knew music then and knew what to listen out for. Yeah. What were the cool bands or whatever for your um, generation? Well, when I was growing up, I was listening to the Spice Girls. And I was listening to Aqua and Shampoo and... And they're all back together doing tours now too. Yeah, Did you yeah. see Aqua this round? Or? Oh, no, I didn't know Aqua were back together. They, they were here this year. They, wow. Well, they messed up by here. I got cool, to, yeah. that's so cool. I got to hang out with the Sora and the, the Red. Amazing, head. that's uh, cool. Like, I still like that stuff. I think visually, like, girl power pop it was amazing. And I think it has such a great visual. Uh, but yeah, no, so when I was younger, I was listening to that. I was listening to Britney. And I guess it wasn't until I kind of was 14 and started making my own music that I started exploring more and I discovered Ed Banger and all the artists on that label like Uffy and Feeds and Justice and Sebastian and fell in love with French Electro um, and wanted to kind of make music like that but because I wasn't like technically able I kind of came out with what I was making so... I guess that's kind of what I grew up on. And now that you sort that. of have a bit of a foot in the industry now, are you sort of looking for that sound to blend into your um, album that's coming up? No, actually, because I love that, and I think it's done really well, but I think I've got my sound now, you know. <laughs> it's kind of, I want to make, now I just want to make what I'm doing. I want to make magical, ethereal pop music, and I feel like I'm good at that, so I'm yeah. going to stick with that. So what can you tell us about the new album that's coming out in February, if you can tell us uh, anything? What can we expect? Is it going to be uh, everything and more? Or? Yeah, it's going to be the best album you'll ever buy. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. You I'm need a camera when you say that, like, yeah, yeah. Like, swoop the hand. Wink face. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be great. Like, I've been working on it for five years now, so I'm so excited to put it out and have people hear so it. Does that mean the 
tracks that are going to be featured on were already around when um, you're the one EP was really like, you know, how Yeah, did... well, so, some of them, some of, one of the tracks that's on it, I wrote when I was 14, and I've reworked into what I'm about now, you know? But then some of it's very much, like, very recent, like, weeks old, and then some of it, it's just, it's like so my journey. How did it come to picking songs for your one EP, and um, what was left to go on this record? Like, was that a hard process, or, like, uh, no, was not, it like, oh, this really. song's really good, I want to wait for it for my actual LP release, as opposed no, to... No, because I'm actually really bad at that, because anything that I like, I put it out straight away, I'll put it on a mixtape, or I'll give it away for free, so it's terrible. So I had to do, like, a rewrite, and, like, write some new shit, and but when it came to the You're The One EP it was just like that was a song that was very like off the time for me it was very like this is what I'm doing now this is the end of that chapter and now from now on it's like I'm an artist now yeah from now on it's like so far away it's like angel pop gangster magical etherealness and I feel like You're The One was like a an end in that kind of like electro pop moment for me so considering that um uh, this album that's coming out in February is archiving songs that you were in since you were 14. Yeah. What do you think will happen when it comes to the next album? Like, do you think a year is enough to come up with like another 18 tracks? Yes. Yes. I like change a lot, and the fact that I wrote this album with a five-year time period has made me want to write the next album with like a six-month time period, just <laughs> to like change it up and like you know go and like really put a time limit on it and be like this is it like you have this amount of time and if you don't do it by then then you're screwed you have to put it out anyways and you have to take the pain that comes with that so um i'm i want to uh, yeah i mean i want to have like my next album out like asap so yeah hey, hey and that's what they're all doing these days anyway there so you go. um i guess uh, another question uh two um your film clips yeah. Uh, you know, you say, uh, you know, you're just you, you're, you're, you're a nerd or whatever, you're not cool or whatever yet. Your film clips, you know, you're doing dance moves, you're wearing the fashion and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, if, if you're a bit of a nerd, how much of that implementation of film clips is you? Oh, it's... Like, or is it all you? No, like, it's all me. Like, I, I'm visually, I'm very much into the 90s aesthetic in terms of, like, girl power, in terms of, like, this cyber pop look everything is like super bright everything is super spacey everything is super like lsd psychedelic but like very cheesy at the same time i'm very into that i'm very into disney um it comes out in what i wear it comes out in my lyrics so for me it feels like my visuals have to be like that and i work with all of my visuals uh with on, with my best friend we live together so um yeah it's very much Know, both of us writing treatments, both of us sitting editing stuff. Um, so yeah, like the so far away video we just did in our living room. Like yeah, so it's really wow. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it's just stuff that we put. I'm I'm very into Tumblr. You know, yeah. like I like to tumble. I think it's like a very uh, interesting uh, media format. Tumblr's still in these days. I thought everyone's doing Instagram. Oh, now. I don't know. Like I just like Tumblr because I like gifts and I like how tacky it is. You know. <laughs> So I'm, I like that. I'm like, uh, I want to take that pop energy and put it in my visuals. So, okay. yeah. And uh, is, uh, is UK always going to be home, or do you think you might uh, go to the States? Oh, uh, I where don't know. I'm still young. Like, I want to move about. I really like New York and I really like LA. So, um, 
but they all seem to Maybe be I'll move there when I'm writing. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Oh, I might move to home. Australia. You never know. Um, okay. <laughs> well, we love you here, and you know you always have a fan base. But you know, no, I'm trying making a New York. My advice. Well, what do I know? But uh, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, 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 so do you get a bit of holiday time away here in Australia? Or yeah, I have three days off in Sydney. So I'm gonna go and do like all the touristy things and check Sweet. it out. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, uh, hopefully when you come back, it might be for like another festival, like Big Day Out of Sign. Yeah. Like, summer. This is hot enough for me. It's like desert heat, man. <laughs> How do you find this culture, like, weather shock, if, if you were? It's fine. Like, I travel so much that I get used to it, you know? Uh, okay, so yeah. your travel life has already begun. Yes, yes. Right, well, congratulations on everything you've achieved so Thank far. You. So jealous, yet happy at the same time. <laughs> Thank so. you. And uh, all the best with your festival. Happy Parkway then. Yeah.
Park Life special. Just to reiterate, we hung out with everyone and anyone that was performing there. We started off the show hanging out with the presets, talking about their latest happenings. We then hung out with Carolyn of Chairlift, uh, one another highlight from um, Park Life. We got to hang out with Robin. It happened. I, I'm still kicking myself to this day that I hung out with her, like growing up with her and watching her all my life. I'd probably walk past her in the streets and not recognize it's her. She is that different in person. She's tiny. She, she's foreign. She's blonde. She's Robin. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, we also uh, caught up with uh, St. Lucia, a very uh, cool, good-looking bloke that uh, was good to touch base with. Uh, his new stuff is amazing, so make sure you do get amongst that. And then we ended the day with hanging out with Charlie XCX. Now, she was a lot of fun to gel and hang out with, too. Uh, uh, being, I guess, uh, around my age bracket, it was it was easy to relate to and uh, converse, but I'm sure big things are happening for her, too, considering she's only 20 and starting off and doing stuff like this. Um, I hope you had a great time. Uh, you have been listening to Zed Digital Gay Savvy Park Life Special. Uh, Want to hear the podcast or uh, uh, get more information? We have a Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash gay savvy. Our email is uh, gay.savvy.zed at gmail.com. You can Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr us at gay savvy. All you got to do is at gay savvy. Uh, I think that's everything on how you can contact us uh also to our if you like what you hear and uh, want to keep supporting us and uh, get amongst it www.4zfm.org.au um come subscribe uh, start off at 15 dollars to 150 depends how passionate you are it's all good hope you had fun and uh, we're going to close off the show with a bit of wiley another highlight from park life it was so good to uh be flashback to the year 2008 with Rolex by Wiley, which he did when at Park Life. We're going to play that for you now. Take care. I'm Spencer. You're listening to Gay Savvy. Rolex.